Matt, super, you're on the vent, buddy. It, this has been a long time coming, dude. I'm super glad to have you. And I think you're probably like a mainstay kind of guy. I think you've been with us since the beginning, maybe a little. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, every single episode I've, I've listened to, I've listened in between like my HVAC calls and uh, it, it's really nice to hear that familiar voice, you know, especially when like you and Robbie Horn get on there, you know, it's like both y'all were my instructors. So it, it's kind of like reminiscent in a way. Yeah, yeah, man. So I was trying to place like, obviously, you know, I, ha- I knew, I know you're one of my, my guys, right. One of my students, but I always have a hard time placing exactly where they might've been. And I, I swore, I was like, man, I, I'm pretty sure he was in the class that me and Robbie had. And, uh, yeah, um, it actually was 0311, yeah. and uh, I, it wasn't this last episode y'all did, but when you all were talking about Sherman, uh, oh, dear, Sherman, dude. <laughs> Sherman Tank, yeah, he was actually my roommate, so I thought it was hilarious when, you know, Robbie and y'all were talking about him, and the only way that he showed up on time, like, to formation or anything at MP school was if I woke him up. Oh, I'm sure, dude. I'm sure you had your fucking hands full with that kid. Dude, it was, yeah. he was such a, I mean, I don't know, man. He was just different, but I mean, he wasn't yeah. a bad kid. You know, he wasn't, it's just like, you know, dude, I remember he was being one of those guys, like you just always got everything done. Like you didn't really, you never had to be like loud about anything. I feel like, I mean, I think I've seen you get a little fired up, but I mean, even at HMX, like I can always trust you to like, you're boring, right? So, like, it was almost like, man, he just always got it done. Like, I never got to, like, really. Yeah, I go with that approach, fly under the radar, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, so people always do that, and you were, you were very good at it because, like, you, you just always were very workmanlike, right? And but yeah. people, people notice that, too, but it's almost like, man, you wonder, like, how much, how much like, actual interaction have I, have, do I get to have with someone? Like, I, you know, it's like, I know you, but how much interaction do we ever actually get to have? Like, if you're just always getting the job done, you're like, man, that's like, I love yeah, that. Yeah. It, 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 it's kind of one of those things like at HMX, I feel like I kind of got gypped in a way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would not give up uh cuckle for anything. Right. I mean, he was mainly the one that uh, I was going with, with hand in hand, but it was like first day you showed up. I think I rolled up in uh uh, an old Chevy van. <laughs> I love that. Too. I you had. Yeah, dude. Awesome. <laughs> you're like, come, come on, bro. Like you're better than this. You got money. And I was like, Hey, this is just a party wagon, man. <laughs> that was so funny. Like, I, I mean, dude, you guys, I mean, you guys were obviously having a good time, you know? Oh yeah. I think HMX for me was fun because like I said, when you were at the schoolhouse, dude, you're like a easy breezy, man. I never had to worry about anything with you, you know? And, and then, like, to see you, like, open up a little bit and have some fun and, and you know, and still be a rock star, man, it was awesome. Yeah. Tell me, uh, so just tell everybody, uh, paint the picture, man. Tell everybody where you're from, what you're into. I, I, I'm pretty sure, I want to say Kansas, yeah? Is it Kansas? Exactly. Yeah. So hey, I don't want to bore anybody with the details, but Kansas is not the most prettiest or sightseeing state there is out there. Uh, I grew up out in western Kansas on a farm. Uh, my dad still farms to this day, uh, graduated with 11 kids in my class. That was my whole class. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. That's fucking small, bro. <laughs> small. It, it is small, but, uh, it's surprisingly like, uh, out of my class, I joined the Marine Corps and then two of my buddies joined the Navy. Wow. So 
that it, it was good numbers, uh, but it was kind of one of those things. I had that conversation with my father before uh, I wanted to commit to going to college or anything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, don't get into farming. There's no money in it. I don't want you around. Go out and go see the world. And we had a Marine Corps recruiter that came in and uh, talked about the Marine Corps. And I was like, well, if I want to do this, I want to be the best trained guy that or best trained branch that's out there. For sure. You know, so joined the Marine Corps um, and left for San Diego, met you at MP school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, you know, got orders to HMX, which I really felt like I shot myself in the foot because it was one of those things. I They had a canine spots open when we were there at the schoolhouse. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. canine spots, let's do it. And like a buddy of mine, Roffler and Bradbury, you know, they're all getting these canine spots and you told me like, Supes, get out of line. Like you're already going to HMX. You, you, <laughs> yeah, man, it's like once, once you kind of screen for that dude, you know, it's like hard to, you can't really backtrack, you know? Yeah. And like, obviously the, one of 11 high school kids, man, like I'm sure you probably had your mix em ups in, in, in high school or whatever, but I doubt much of it was, you know, you're going to have a clean past, right? So you're, you're obviously clearable. So well, like, exactly. I mean, my school was really weird. Like, you just, you went out for sports and if you were one of the ones that wanted to dabble into some drugs or anything like that, uh, you, you just were kind of considered an outcast. Hmm. Um, so it was, it was a really different weird feel compared to talking to like my nephew now who goes to a bigger school or whatnot and these kids now and what they're dealt with. Um, but, and that's one thing that did stick with me and it really did resonate. The recruiter said, yeah, if you want to go ahead and, uh, you know, stay in your hometown, you're probably gonna do what your parents do or you're going to get into drugs. Yeah. And the kids that did stay at my hometown, um, they did exactly that. Yeah. So dude, I kind of admire that with your dad, like saying, Hey man, like, you know, as a farmer, like you think usually that's a generational thing, you know what I mean? Like it's a, um, that's a challenge I would think for a dad to be like, no, nah, maybe let's not, you know, let's maybe see if we can't um, find a different future. You know what I mean? Like I admire the hell out of that, man, because yeah. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, farming ain't easy, man. Farming is not easy work. And like, you need help, you know, like. Right. And the thing is, is uh, your, your paycheck is depending on, you know, if you believe in God or the weather, I mean, that that's really yeah. how your paycheck is dependent upon. I really don't, I don't think, um, I, I don't think before the current status, like COVID and all this shit that people really get that, you know, I think now people are maybe starting to appreciate some of these, uh, these sort of like supply chains and like, you know, I've talked about it before, like, and, and for you, obviously like having, this is your life, you know, like, and, or you grew up in it. So you can really appreciate, like, I, I'm sure you've maintained, it's just fascinating to me. Like, um, I'm finding a deeper, uh, appreciation for a lot of things. Like that's just me personally, but I mean, yeah. yeah. I just, I, so I remember, weren't you, you were dabbling in the idea of like going back to your family farm though, weren't you? When I feel like when we were talking, when you were leaving HMX, like I know you said some stuff, but yeah, uh, some things, uh, did change while I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I don't want people thinking that my dad's rich by any means or anything, but, uh, he did end up getting some oil on his land. So it made the farming a little bit easier. You got that supplemental income. That's like, that's like, a, that's luck, right? Like, I mean, it's not like, you, knew, you know what I mean? That's just like a, it's like hitting the lottery almost. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm not talking about wealth, but like, that's right. fascinating, yeah. 
Yeah, you got, instead of like most farmers, you'll get like this big lump sum paycheck whenever you sell the grain or you, you sell cattle, you got to budget that out through the rest of the year. Yeah. And you got to figure out, okay, how am I going to budget this on top of paying my, you know, my monthly bills. Now, if you got something supplemental where you got like an oil check come in, yeah. it helps out. That's gravy. Um, so I did dabble with the idea, but again, you know, it was kind of one of those things, uh, he just said, no, just, just stay away from it, you know? And I don't know, I've kind of had this thing where my mind where my dad kind of wanted to keep it to himself. So, but that's probably selfish side of me, but, uh, I think he's, he's trying to protect me is what it amounts to. You know, before yeah, I go and invest also, a bunch of money in ground and whatnot. I think it's also a really great thing to have a solid skill too, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of, uh, you know, going in the Marine Corps and you start talking to some people and you, you know, everybody from different backgrounds and whatnot, you know, like my best friend, uh, Zabo, you know, he he didn't, he couldn't fathom the fact that I was running a combine at the age of 14. And those things are right at $500,000 yeah. and there's a lot of moving parts on it, but that's, it's just a way of life. And you just, oh, this is another day, yeah. you know, when you're actually running it. That's but, funny. When I moved, I moved one time out to like a, a, a farmish kind of area. And I remember the, I was playing for a new football team and the coach was like, Oh, we're going to see who's been riding around in these AC tractors. And combines. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? He would do, they would show up. Some of these boys would show up to practice in them, man. They'd ride them right down the fucking road. Like, that was, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing like, in, you know, we had, I don't know, maybe triple that amount of kids. Like when I was in, then what you did in my freshman class that year. But, um, I mean, yeah, man, they'd roll up on fucking, uh, sleds when it was snowing, they would roll up in combines and shit. Like practice, <laughs> it was crazy, bro. They'd come right off the fields and go to practice. Like, nuts man totally different like it's a whole nother little ball game for a lot of people and like i didn't grow up in the city by any stretch i grew up right outside you know what i mean like, right so yeah it's- i think it, yeah that's kind of one of those things because like uh my roommate at hmx you know robbie uh you know he's from upstate new york and not the, but not the new york that people immediately assume not even close everybody when they hear new york they think new york city and i think it's an insult to the rest of that state you know, cause that's, uh, well, I haven't, yeah, being from there for sure. Because the, so it, it's really fascinating because I'm, I, I literally grew up there and there's a lot of New York that I've never seen. And it's one of the prettiest States in the, in the union. Uh, yeah. There's just two massive population densities on either side of that beauty. You know what I mean? And Robbie like splits that he split, he runs, he splits right up the middle of that. Exactly. Uh, I still talk to him and he's, he's such a good dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come next month. I'm hoping to see him at his wedding. So that'll be oh, exciting. Good. Awesome, man. But, yeah, but as I say, after, you know, going to MP school, going to HMX, you know, ran the whole gig um, of being yellow batch for a while. <laughs> so you, you run those boring posts and you set out night and you contemplate and you start thinking about stuff you normally wouldn't think about. And uh, then you get cleared and you start doing some of the fun stuff. So... You uh, you caught it? Didn't you catch like a what? You catch a campaign season and shit? Like, didn't you catch into the election season? Oh yeah, yeah. I was there right at uh, the re-election, and that was bonkers. You know, it was one of those things. You'd get on a C seventeen, and you would fly and go do a mission somewhere, and then you'd be like, okay, we're going back home, to Quantico. Which I think most people could agree. When you're done with the trip, you just kind of want some relaxing. 
and they would like change mid-flight and then you think you're landing in Quantico but you actually land in Ohio you know after leaving Florida or something you just they just change direction in the middle and it's just like there was a whole month uh where I didn't see Quantico Uh, I mean I'm dude I'm I've tried to I cannot stress this enough you know there's obviously levels of being busy and there's levels of like what people are exposed to and like often people talk about deployments and all this stuff and like, but there's like actually a ton of downtime, you know, the stories that people tell happen in mere moments. Right. Right. Greens that I worked with at HMX and this, and I wasn't even there for a campaign season are literally the hardest working Marines I've ever been around. No questions asked. No questions. So we weren't, so we weren't going crazy when we felt like we were overworked. (laughs) No, I mean, no, I, um, I immediately saw it. It was very difficult to manage. It was one of the, as far as like trying to take care of your people is one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do. Um, because I'm very, very much like, uh, that was a huge concern for me at every place that I was, but HMX, it was so challenging, man. You know, and like, it's, you got to make decisions on, um, you got to have this, like, and I think Hugo was very good at it. I think a lot of guys were pretty good at it. You got to have this sort of intuitive sense. of like, who's smoked? who's not. And like, you really got to manage like people's operational stress and stuff. Like we had some tools, you know, other, other gigs we could give people where, you know, they're going to work, but it was a little more comfortable. I mean, it was so hard, man. I mean, it was, that was one of the, one of the most challenging things I think, uh, you know, leadership wise that I've ever had to try to do. Right. And at the same time, I'm glad I wasn't put in that position, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I embraced it. I mean, you know, I love, I love my guys, man. I th- I feel like I was a voice for people and I just tried to, I tried to do what I could to, um, alleviate and and you know just do the best i could to manage that but it was challenging man it was one of the hardest things i've ever done you know yeah. it's just like there just wasn't enough bro what was wasn't enough people to manage it all you know there really wasn't and, and the crazy thing is like that's the biggest fucking mp company like in the core man or at, at any i didn't even realize it was the biggest mp company fuck yeah dude doesn't even come close like <laughs> i mean uh, maybe when they really built out the battalions, maybe they got close. But yeah, no, that was hands down the largest military police company I've ever been a part of. Mass. That's crazy because you're not even really doing military police. Oh, not even a little bit. Not, not like your conventional stuff. You're just doing uh, you know non-law enforcement, straight up security. So very different. But um, all MPs, even the MP uh, areas out, like the FAPs and all that. So you get you get help from other units. So I mean, in a lot of places, you know what I mean? Like, but. HMX, it was all straight, straight MPs, man. So, yeah, it was wild, man. Wild. I enjoyed it too. It was, you know, but again, it was a leadership challenge for sure. It, it definitely, um, it stretches your limits on um, how how well you th- you you learn your people. You know, like yeah, like yeah, yeah it does. I mean, as for you know, and I, it, it was one of those things. Like, I thought it was really difficult when I was put in a leadership position because. Uh, I would get nothing against females, but I had all the females in my squad at one time. And it was like, they were all pregnant at the same time. So it did make some scheduling issues, you know, uh, as far as like, well, how can we facilitate this? And it's like, you're not going to tell a grown ass pregnant woman, like, Hey, I need you to come into work today. That that, that just ain't going to happen. 
you know, yeah, if she well, had, yeah, it's just yeah. It's hard and like, it's just you know, almost inappropriate, but it's like a thing, like a position where you're almost forced to do it sometimes. Like, it's like, how the fuck, you know what I mean? Like, how do you do this to somebody? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I get it, man. I mean, it, yeah, especially, and it would happen at night, you know, a lot of your nights, I know you were, you were almost a resident night guy for quite a while, right? I think you did a lot of nights, but I did. Um, and I did spend a lot of time up at Annie. Uh, so I was up there quite a bit. So yeah, man, uh, dude. Yeah. I, so I wish like guys like you, Robbie, like there was a whole bunch of you. I just wish like, I I don't, I don't want anyone to ever regret like the time they spent at HMX. I just wish, um, you guys could have been exposed to more, you know, I just feel like you, you deserve so much more like from the Marine Corps, you know, I don't, I, I would never say like, you know, don't go here or don't go there. I would never tell anybody that I always told people to take the opportunities that were in front of them. Um, it's just like, man, I just, you know, I think you guys would have, um, you know, I don't know what everybody feels about the Marine Corps. I just know you would have been absolute rock stars in other positions too, you know? Right. And well, and as, and as the same token with that, you know, with the unit itself, it's prestigious, but it does come with a price. Oh, for sure. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So it's just going to be what, you know, and I don't regret a darn thing, uh, from where I was sent to, or, you know, I'm not saying that that unit was just terribly God awful because that's all I knew yeah. that that was, that was my Marine Corps. You know, I don't know anything outside of that, yeah. um, but I don't regret it by any means. I mean, if I had to go through hell looking back on it just to stand next to the president and salute him, so be it. it. It was worth it. It's something that, you know, my, my daughter can pass down and be like, Hey, look, there's my dad, yeah, for you sure. know, five years was really short com- compared to like something that somebody will never do in a lifetime. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, um, I think it's given, um, it's certainly given me an appreciation too, to understand like, um, you don't always have to respect a person. You can respect the office that they hold or their position that they hold. And I think that's a, that's a generally a, a Marine Corps philosophy, but it, it, it becomes a little larger than life when you're at HMX. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, and that's, that, that kind of ties into what we got going on in the world right now with the elections and stuff coming up because, you know, coming from Western Kansas, it's, it's primarily, you know, vast Republican, very conservative because that's all those people know. And they, they would bash Obama or, you know, my mom would get comments, you know, saying like, you know, me being next to him. Well, I can't believe he would do that. Well, you don't have a choice. One. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, it's, it says the office of the president of the United States. Right. Just because there's an occupant of that office at the current time, it actually changes nothing. You know? Right. And, and the thing is, is the media won't sit there and cover when, we were in Hawaii when he was there. He takes his little Christmas vacation or whatever, because that's where Obama was from. Right. Uh, Christmas Day, he stood there for eight hours, him and Michelle taking pictures with all the Marines on the Marine Corps base. Yeah. The media is not covering that. I'm not expecting them to, you know, but it's like, you know, if I was president, I wouldn't want to stand there for eight hours with some sweaty Marines or sailors, and I would want to be sitting on my fat ass on the couch drinking a beer you know, like, so, um, there are definitely moments. Um, and I love that you share stories like that because there are some, some negative moments that Obama had with Marines and the, you remember like Manny with the fucking latte salute and all the stupid shit. There's a couple really positive ones too. Like when doll's cover blew off his head and, and Obama noticed it, like he was in the air, you know, he noticed him jump over a fence. So, I mean, it's like as many bad things you could say, you could say so many, some really great things too, but yeah, man, it's, it's really fascinating. Like how people are like, what you actually, you, you supported the president. Well, no, actually I supported his office and I supported my, 
the mission in my country. Now, if you, yeah, if you can get the whole entire you know, like people around the United States to get around the fact that, yeah, this person was elected, let's rally behind him, even though you may not 100% agree it. Like, we we need to come as a whole and actually unite as a country. Because uh, going, going on now today, everybody's so divided. Especially the especially the president, in my opinion, whoever the office holder is, you know. Um, right now, you can we can play the Pelosi game or the Schumer game or any of those games. Like those people, I get it. Like they're they're subject to the, to attacks, but I feel like once you become like president, vice president, you're sort of elevated past that shit, you know. So right. Let's let's kind of support them and and hope that they can work, you know, work this shit out. And you know, I mean, and. and you know, I'm I'm not afraid to criticize Trump on some of that stuff. Like he could be better there. I know he could be better. The man's a fucking billion dollar businessman. He's proved yeah. he can make deals, but he doesn't seem to do that with some of these other folks. You know, so sometimes you got to put even you, you just got to put some of that shit aside. But let me ask you this, man. So you're still around a farm community. It's still a part of your life, and I know that was a major point of friction. I think there for a couple of minutes. So how has that worked yeah. out? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, the the biggest thing is, is I had every intention because at the time, like before getting out, me and my wife now, we were engaged. Uh, we had the intention of being somewhere in Kansas, just as long as we were somewhere where we could drive home. Yeah. Granted, it's still four hours for me to get home, but, you know, uh, I'm still active with helping with my dad whenever it comes time for harvest. Um, that's, that's a big deal because you got to have enough people to run the machines and run the trucks. Um, so as far as like the field work goes and everything, getting the crop ready, he he can do majority of that himself. Um, I'm not saying I'm just, some things are left better with my dad. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not, it's not put, it's not just like put shit in ground and watch it grow. I mean, there's so much more to it than that. I mean, right. Exactly. I mean, mean, it's, it's way more complex than I think people appreciate. It is, uh, you know, you, you got to break up the ground at a certain time. Uh, you know, and usually you want to break it up immediately right after you just, I'm strictly talking wheat here. You just want to break it up immediately after you cut it. And what you want to do is open that soil so that way you can take in some moisture. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is, is you're watching the weather at the same time at looking at your soil and trying to see like, okay, I need to open it up. And there are, it is an art to work a field. Uh, a lot of people think that you just go around in circles, but. Uh, you can't forget the dust bowl, my friend. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a science, dude. It really is. It's, and it's very, it's very, it's a, it's a science, but it's also a finesse. I mean, these guys have yeah. these guys have learned the tricks of the trade over generations, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's wild, man. Yeah, and that's the thing is, uh, I still use some of those old skills because, like, technically, I, I'm not a farmer, but I help my dad. But I would be considered a third generation farmer. Mm-hmm. But stuff that my grandpa has always said has always helped us tenfold. Uh, some of the old tricks of the trade and. You know, because his big thing was, was, oh, you need to go out there and go cut up the wheat straw because that wheat straw is actually nutrients in the soil. You're putting it back in. And you can utilize that still because I call myself a suburban farmer now because that's all I do is I I look at my lawn and try to piss off my neighbors by making a good lawn. Uh, So I know like my nitrogen calculations, uh, how much phosphorus, how much sulfur, how much I need to put actually into the soil. And I actually got a scale out there. I weigh it and I, I, so I just dominate. So I love that. So I'm not like uh, my lawn has to be better than your lawn. I'm just going to be honest. Like I use, I use a, a four step process around here. 
It's very popular in Utah. And a, yeah. lot, a lot of people around me don't. And my lawn is fucking moving, man. It's, it's pretty. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be surprised, you know, just as long as you're putting something down, hey, you're going to beat everybody. Your grass wants to grow, man. <laughs> it wants to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's so fascinating. Like, I think uh, we're, we, we came to a time, and, and maybe this is, I mean, it, maybe it wasn't relevant totally for you because you were in a farm community, but like, you know, people might scoff at farmers and shit and they've always tried to like get away from that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to do these things. I want to try to go to college or I want to do, and I don't think they really understand like how hard it actually is. And like the gambles and the risk, you know, like fuck dude, yeah. one bad windstorm, dude. And your whole year could be fucking gone, bro. Like I don't they, think people understand that sometimes. Right. You know, that that's the thing. You just, you get one hailstorm, you know, or windstorm, or you can even get rained out. You know, a lot of farmers with the past, like two years here in Kansas, we've had so much rain. They can't even get out there to even plant a crop in, you know, I actually experienced that firsthand. I was in Kansas a while ago. Um, Fort McConnell. Is it Fort McConnell? Uh, down in Wichita. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Uh, or, or it's an air base, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just fucking raining, boy. I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, I knew Kansas had like a nice, uh, sort of, uh, to, you know, four seasons and all that shit or whatever, four kind of ish. Right. I, I don't know, but I mean, I didn't expect it to be as yeah, I saw. Kansas, you just, it's, uh, you get a summer and you get a winter. Okay. Uh, that, that's, that's about it. You don't really get too much of a fall or spring, but the past couple of years we've actually had one. Okay. Uh, surprisingly. So what about like, uh, so how, how has, I mean, I don't know, um, like these China deals and all these deals that people talk about and how our farmers are going to get this, that, and the other, like, is that something that's actually been any kind of impact for your family in any way? Like, I don't know what, I think like they were trying to sell soy and corn and some of this, you mentioned wheat. So like, are you involved in any of that? Like, is that something, you know, you've seen or been around or what's that like? I, it, I've seen it. I would say, you know, the thing is, is I just tell my dad just tells me what to do um, basically out there. But as far as like the grain market prices, it has affected um, everything, you know, and that, that kind of comes back to not being an ignorant voter. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things like that type, the farming market's a worldwide market. Yeah. You're competing with Australia, Brazil, for sure. all these other countries. And when you have a president that or somebody running for president says, hey, we need to cut ties with China. We need to, you know, nip it in the bud. Um, that's when it's like you should start questioning what's going on, yeah. you know. So, yeah, it did affect it. So um, but it's like anything. It's kind of like looking at your 401k. You just you got to ride the waves. Yeah, you know, um, for example, like I worked for a farmer for a while when I was in high school because my dad couldn't pay me. So I had to go work for someone. Yeah. Uh, and then we grew up on a family farm. Your, your parents aren't going to pay. You. That's just it. You, they put a roof over your head. That's good enough. <laughs> but uh, we, I think it was like 2007. Uh, he sold his grain for like seven dollars, 25 cents a bushel. Okay. And like that next day, it doubled. Fuck. He sold all of his grade and he is, he was so mad, but that's just it. You don't know the next day it could double or, you know, and like him, he lost out on a bunch of money. Yeah. You just, you don't know. And you can contract it out, which all that means is I, I can make so much like so many bushels for you. 
and it's going to be at this set price. Yeah. Now the thing is, if you don't come up with that amount of bushels, you got to come up with it. You so, pay sounds, it. A, sounds a lot like a stock market, buddy. Like you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can draw parallels there that I don't think people would ever appreciate. Like that's a it's a fucking gamble, man. Like yeah, you know, I mean, I just there, think, um, I just think it's such an underappreciated lifestyle. Like it is. It, it very. I mean, the, the thing is, is if that's all you know, it's easy to transition to. Sure. Now, if you're totally ignorant to it. Some people be like, oh, I'd like that, but then it it could kick you in the ass. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it could take everything. I mean, my grandpa lost everything. I've heard that I've heard that about like generational farmers. Like there's almost <laughs> always almost always a farmer sort of in the generations that like almost lost it all and had to rebuild, you know. Uh, yeah, it, the farmer I worked for, uh, he actually owned some ground that my grandpa had. So it's a little disheartening when I'm out there working in the field and I'm talking to my dad on the phone and he's like, Oh, where are you at? And I told him where I was and he's like, Oh yeah, we used, we used to own that ground. You know, it just, it just kind of hits home a little bit, but um, yeah, he lost it and he tried working to get everything back again. And now my dad's set up and now it's just, if you just ride the waves, if you want to, if you want to get into that industry, go ahead and ride it. I mean, yep. there is nothing. And the sad part is, is there's nothing in today's society that really is promoting farmers um, out there. It really doesn't seem like it, man. It really I mean, you, you could go to some of these state universities and get a, a degree in agriculture. Yeah. I mean, that's fine, but you, you learn most of that when you're a kid. Yeah. I've always kind of wondered about that. Like, so USU is a big ag school here, uh, Utah state. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do great and I'm sure they produce a lot of knowledge, man, but that's done in the fields when you're a baby. You know what I mean? Like, right. It, it's it's kind of different to say for both of them, you know? Um, yeah. It's kind of the difference between being educated or going through an apprenticeship. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great. You're right though. I mean, I, I think, um, man, like I said earlier, it's just like people I think are starting to really, really reevaluate a lot. I think, um, that's one of the silver linings of the whole COVID kind of environment right now. It's like people are starting to realize like, um, there's just fucking a lot of people I'll never scoff at again. You know, I'll never right. look down on a kid who's fucking throwing groceries on a, on a, on a, uh, on the shelves, bro. I never, I'll never do that again, you know, because when they're not, <laughs> yeah. there, when they're not there or that kid's busting his ass, like putting himself at risk, like uh, or le- what is obviously like a legitimate health risk. Like you have to, um, it's a different appreciation, man. Like in, in like the meat packers, like the meat packing industry and, you know, pick an animal. Um, they've been ravished, man, because they're working in such tight conditions that, that aren't exactly the most sanitary environments. Like these workers have just been smashed with COVID, you know? Um, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, um, man, your fucking hundred thousand dollar education or whatever the fuck it is you have it. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's not, necessarily what you thought it would be because it's most of those are the people that were forced to stay home you know right so yeah you, you start to realize that you're not essential and even you know some of these professional athletes you know granted they make a bunch of money but they're not essential and they shut down you know sports yeah they're not only, yeah, they're only they're only really essential because we value the distraction and it's frankly um while it's a good I, distraction though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while I while I appreciate their platform, it's becoming less and less of a of a distraction. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch a sport to um, continue to see whatever I might see on CNN or Fox. I want to watch a sport to get away from all that. Um, exactly. And I, and I think um, I think in a social media kind of world, like 
these guys can make as big an impact on and off the court. I just wish it was more off the court or field, you know, personally. So yeah, um, that's yeah. Um, really, I think everybody has to really assess. Um, you know, I don't know what the rest of 2020 is going to hold, but I hope that people really assess kind of where they're at with some of the stuff and what do you really value in life? Who do you really, um, who's really important and, and where do you, um, where, you know, what skills do you have? What skills can you gain? And, and who do you, who should you actually appreciate, you know, a little more? Exactly. Well, and if anything, you know, with everybody being shut in and, uh, you know, so-and-so called quarantine, hopefully some people take the positive out of it instead of the negative and actually appreciate the time that they had to spend with their family. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, dude, this is the longest in, in any time since my family's grown. This is the longest I've ever been with them <laughs> without traveling for whatever reason. You know what I mean? So in that regard, I've, I've absolutely, um, for me personally, that's been a huge plus. Um, and I've been able to dedicate time to the show. I've been able to dedicate time to fellow veterans and, bring some people together, share some stories, that kind of stuff. So yeah, man, I totally get it. Like, um, man, I don't know, dude. It's, uh, I just hope, uh, we're in such a negative time right now, man. I just feel like we got to find some positive somewhere and I hope, I hope we can in the end see some of that stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Tell me me a little bit more about how did you, so you you do, you mentioned HVAC calls and stuff. Tell me a little bit more about how you transition to that, like school training, any of that kind of stuff or or, that works out, you know? You know, it really uh, right. It, it was my last year in the Marine Corps. They they sent me to uh, in Iwick uh, there in Fort Leonardwood, yeah. and I saw Gunny Weimer there again. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a breath of fresh air, and uh, I was going through that. And at that same time, we're getting taught riot control. Ferguson pops off, of course, yeah. and uh, you know it it was one of those things I kind of had a bitter taste in my mouth and you you know, you had Ferguson, then you had Baltimore, you had all these things going on where cops are viewed as bad people. And I was just like, I really don't think law enforcement is probably a good industry to get into. So um, that's when I started looking in the technical field, uh, the jobs that were in demand. Um, So I went to Highland community college. Uh, It's in Northeast Kansas and, uh, I, I was taught uh, HVAC and plumbing and I was a dead set on doing plumbing, but ended up, I uh, interviewed with a Kansas city contractor and they told me they said, Oh, you live outside the service area. Uh, we can't hire you. But then they called me back up and they said, well, we don't have plumbing available. Do you want to do HVAC? And I was like, Oh sure. I'll do HVAC. Yeah. So then that's when it started spinning off. Um, so that's when I started getting my feet wet, you know, coming out of school, it gives you a good foundation, but when you're out there on your own, you, you still don't know what exactly what you're doing. <laughs> so well, it's that field experience. Well, I've had a couple experiences and what's funny is when you and I were kind of talking about this, doing this episode and stuff like my fucking AC shit to bed, bro. <laughs> oh no. Fucking like jinx me or some shit. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like there's these little secrets that are buried in these like fucking things that most people take for granted until they quit. You know what I right. mean? Nobody thinks fucking twice about their AC until it stops working. And then it right. can, I rack hot inside your house and you're like, fuck this, you know? Right. It's crazy. And in my experience, people can deal well with the cold and they can put on more blankets. Not the but fuck. When it gets hot, they get bitchy. 
Not the heat, my man. Like, nope. dude, I've been subjected to heat in all forms, whether desert, even here in Utah or Iraq and in Las Vegas recently. Uh, humidity on levels I don't even want to talk about because it's just disgusting. Um, and every fucking time I was ornery is all get out. I grew up in Buffalo <laughs> where it's cold and like I can tolerate it better than, than any of I don't know what it is. Like, um, fuck, man. You're so right. Like, yeah, dude. Wow. Like, yeah, no, and and then you know that's that's the thing. Uh, I, majority of your HVAC failures, believe it or not, uh, it, it comes from dirt. It, yeah. it may sound it may sound crazy. It may be a dirty air filter, a dirty outdoor unit. I mean, uh, it's just doing the basic maintenance. That's usually what causes your failures. So I've so as a homeowner twice now, I bought a house, sold a house, bought another house, and had HVAC issues on both. I've noticed that if you don't, you know, it's like it's like a, a car, change the fucking oil, man, rotate the tires, right? It's gonna last. You know what I'm saying? Like give it to ba- the you know basic maintenance, man. It's gonna last. If you don't fucking put a filter in your HVAC, it's gonna fuck up. You know, right? The other thing is like, and I'm, I don't want to I don't want to spread all the secrets of the trade, but like there are a lot of things <laughs> people could do, right? Like the little fucking capacitor thing. Very simple fix. Like that little fucker's bulging. At least start there and save yourself some money because you could you could say like HVAC ain't cheap, bro. You know what I mean? Like I'm taking it. That's what went out on your system was a capacitor, right? So the first time, actually, yeah. So I so the capacitor went, and lucky for me, one of my buddies had dealt with it before, and he 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 guided me through that little process, and it's way simple. You know, it's a pretty simple. Yeah. The plug and play, and it and it kicked back on, and we went away for a little bit. Um, the problem was what I didn't realize is the, um, the way the folks who own, I've only been, I'm coming up on a year in my new house. Um, and it's got this, uh, the air filter is large. The, so the one that they had in there was way too small and they just stood it up where it's actually designed to be like on an angle. It's actually, yeah. kind of this, it's, it's not something I've ever seen before. It doesn't slide in. It sits on an angle and they just weren't doing it right. So the second time now that it went out, the whole like blower motor went, it just must've, it, oh no so it was a capacitor or blower motor then that went out i'm taking it right the capacitor first because it had the bulge and then the second time uh yeah just recently that motor quit so a guy had to i, I used my warranty for that i'm not fucking with motors yeah <laughs> if it's like a big like five inch slot that's what they call like uh air bear uh, yeah, yeah man not not a system i've ever seen but this house is larger so i'd imagine you know that's probably why yeah, um, yeah. generally what it it Electricals, that's what makes my industry so hard is trying to explain to customers that if a capacitor goes, all a capacitor really does is give that motor a kick in the shorts to get up and turn. Right. That just to, to gives it that extra boost, you know, and when those go weak, it it's tied into the motor. Yeah. Um, so it, it can fry some windings, but next thing you know, then that motor goes. Yeah. So for me to explain to somebody, be like, yeah, I can put in a capacitor, that's fine, but we need to watch that motor. It might go too. And some people view that as like, oh, he's just trying to upsell. No, that's me trying to cover my ass uh, to make sure you're taken care of and I don't have to come back to your house. And I don't think I've, – I've not actually – so HVAC dudes seem to make enough, bro, like whether they're contracted <laughs> by a warranty place or, or whatever. I'm just saying like it's, it's a technical industry. Like you guys make what you deserve to make. And like, and I've never met an HVAC guy who tries to upsell people on. So I just never have. I think, uh, I think, yeah. I just think it's like a universal human thing. Like you just want people to be comfortable. Right. Yeah. And that, that's my thing. Cause that's what I think I was craving in the Marine Corps is I wanted to help people. Yeah. I wanted to do something. I wanted to make an impact. 
Um, so that's when I was in the Marine Corps, I didn't feel like I was quite making that impact. So like me and Resga and some of the other guys, uh, we went ahead and volunteered at a volunteer fire department and you get a little fulfillment there. Um, it it was cool, but, uh, ultimately I, I am satisfied with what I do now. Um, because when you show up, people are like, Oh God, it's so hot, you know, please make it work. And when you do get it to work, they're happy, you know? So it, there's a lot of fulfillment in the job. And yes, it is a industry that's in demand. So therefore you do, you do get paid quite a bit, um, uh, you know, for your hourly rate. Um, I say, I just transitioned to a pipe fitters union. So now it's like, I'm working on hospitals and bigger equipment and, yeah. Uh, therefore there, there is a pay increase, but, uh, after it's, it's kind of like me redoing my college education again. Yeah. Um, but I am using the GI bill for it. So I'm getting that little bit, which, you know, a lot of veterans out there don't know you can get paid to work and use your post nine 11 GI bill. Um, and where I'm at right now, they start out with no experience, $24 an hour, and you can be tapping into that cost of living for the GI bill. Yeah, so that would that would equal a lot more than twenty four an hour. Oh, exactly. That's yeah, crazy. And I don't think um, it's not just like you. You can use a GI Bill on the technical side, you know. Yeah. And gain skills like and and sometimes some I mean, my degree like you know I me mean, I was in college a lot like all throughout my career and and it, and, it, and I think, yeah it seemed like every night you were doing online classes. I feel it did you know it helped me it definitely helped me where I'm at but I mean I could have used that to gain a skill I mean I don't know if I could have necessarily done it while I was on active duty like. I've always wanted to learn how to weld. I, I'm not, I don't really know why. I just think it's a, an interesting skill to have. Um, I, if I had GI Bill, I would go back to do that. But I mean, man, people, that's a, that's an in-demand skill. You right. Know, it'll always be. So it's like, you know, maybe think about like, maybe save your GI Bill for a skill instead of like some fucking like humanities degree that maybe unless you just hit the lottery won't help you, you know? Well, that's, that's what I was trying to educate myself on prior to getting out of the Marine Corps was trying to find where the job demand was, yeah. you know, you, you, I was like, Oh, I could be a, a physical fitness instructor or do this or do that. Well, there's really no job demand for it. So I, it, it shifted me to the technical side. And that's where I was like, you know, I grew up on a farm. I'm used to turning wrenches. You fix all your own stuff. Like why not jump into this? So, yeah. uh, I mean, and the sad part is, is I think a lot of that has to do with society. Like I know my parents, like that generation, they cram down your throat. Like you need to get a four year degree. You need to get a four year degree. All the, all the parents in that generation, you're not going to be, cause my parents didn't have four year degree. They just had a high school diploma. Yeah. And they just didn't want to, they thought, and you know, there was so much emphasis on the degree that maybe you wouldn't have to work as hard as them. And that's what every parent wants for their kids, man. Right. Every, every hard working ass parent, who's been slaying themselves and working these fucking fields. They want to see their kid have it just a little better. Isn't that the point? You know, isn't that the goal? But I think, um, I'm not saying those folks were wrong. I mean, that's what, that's where everything was going. But now we have this sort of, um, I could tell anyone, go see a recruiter, man. You'll get free education one way or the other, but that's the answer for everybody. So now like everyone's, you know, having all this fucking college debt, you're definitely, it's a problem. I mean, I'm not saying who should pay that shit or who, you know, I don't, I don't generally um, argue about that. I mean, but it's a, it's a real fucking problem for people. They're like, no question, you know? Right. 
And that's just it. Yeah, you may go ahead and look at like some of these engineering degrees and say, yeah, I'm going to be making 80K or 70K starting out. Well, you don't take into how much your student loans are going to cost. Yeah. You can take that 80K, drop it down to 20. You know, (laughs) so like something with me, you know, I was fortunate I had that GI Bill. You know, someone paid for my education and they're still going to pay for me to work on some bigger stuff now. Yeah, no. you, I mean, the, dude, the hours you worked at HMX Pro, you paid for your education. I promise you that. Like, you earned. You earned oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you earned fucking every little bit of that coming back to you, buddy. Trust me. And don't ever, you know, and I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, you know, that's the thing is like, that's one of the trade offs. Like, you give you give of yourself um, to hopefully better yourself in the end. And, and um, you know, the Marine Corps asks a lot of you, man, but there are a ton of benefits if you use them right, you know? So, I mean, right. Sounds, exactly. Sounds like I'm so glad you're doing it now, you know. And, you know, I got I got my teeth knocked in a little bit because it was one of those things coming out of the core and, you know, trying to find a job. Uh, that was that was very humbling yeah. uh, because it was one of those things. I worked at an Ace Hardware for a little while. I was making minimum wage, um, you know, and I, I did it until school started and thank God for the GI bill because it was enough to pay the bills. Yeah. You know, and it was just humbling because I was like, Oh, I'm an MP, you know, I got some military experience. People will hire me. Nope. You're going to start back over, buddy. It's not always the case, man. It's definitely not always the case. I mean, there's lots of dudes that fall in, but it is definitely a reality. Like when you, um, especially like, and I was the same way, man, we were, we were sort of getting out around the same time. I'm sure I left a little sooner than you did, but the Ferguson thing was popping and my body was struggling. My my mindset wasn't where it needed to be. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know that law enforcement is right. You know? And yeah. it's proven true because look at, you know, the Ferguson effect. And now look at the things that you're seeing now. And not to say that, um, not to say that guys like me and you couldn't be out on the streets making an impact, but it's like, man, I just want to value time with my family, bro. I feel for these cops that are out there. I feel for the society that's afraid of these cops. You know, it's a dangerous time we're living in. Man, the one thing I can't wrap around my mind though is, majority of departments, you know, their police officers were underpaid totally. um, to begin with for the amount of hours they put in and the crap they have to deal with. Yeah. And then now you got people wanting to push this whole fact of defunding them. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like that saying goes, you know, uh, sheep don't like the sheep dog until the wolves start coming. Yep. So, I mean, that, that, that motto holds true and true with, the the police officers today i mean it, it's just a sad deal There's, i mean i think you can um in in another way you can say that about teachers too i mean they definitely are i feel like you know these, oh, are, yeah. these are people we're entrusting to educate our future generations and, and they're underpaid as well um and yeah you're right like cops cops are asked to do a lot man and i hope uh you know you know the sad part is like you go from hero to zero i think in the marine corps that was a common thing too but cops can go hero to zero based on some other fucking shitbag in some other state that they've never fucking met right poorly trainer just doesn't give a fuck or he's overworked or whatever and it fucks with all of them man especially yeah. in today's world where everybody's got cameras and you know um like and, and it's hard for me to say as a podcaster like this is one of the most democratic things you can do right like there's no there's no rules really uh, I can do what, I can do and say what I want and I can I can express first amendment rights and and people can do that with cameras on their phone and put it on Facebook now. So um and, and while that's I think it's a huge benefit like it's it's dangerous too, you know. Exactly. I mean, I mean very dangerous, yeah. Dude, I, I mean, I'm not with defunding police. Um I definitely think all police could be I mean, if you think that if you're in a profession like that like a 
you know, a martial side of side of things like where there's um, training involved in, in any capacity. And if you think you can't be better, you're wrong. I think it's naive to say that you can always be better. Um, but also like we as people could be better too. Like I want to see people like come and train with cops and understand like how fucking hard it is, man. It's not easy. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I, I think it was a while ago. They, they had somebody that was part of black lives matter group that, yeah. uh, that went ahead and went through some of the scenarios that some of the police officers trained through and you know, he, he would shoot innocent people uh, in those scenarios. But kudos to him though, for at least exposing himself to it. So many people will not do that, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And some people would just choose to just stay ignorant to it and just keep screaming what they want to scream. Yeah. You know, also also a lot of people that are BLM this and BLM that have never attended a, a protest. Never once. Like, you know, um, because I think there's a, uh, I talk about this all the time. You got to draw a distinction. Like Black Lives Matter, man, 100%. Like, I don't, I mean, when we, you and I signed up for like the military, we didn't just say like, oh, I just want to serve on behalf of white people or, or just like people who fought, think the way I do or whatever. So to suggest like Black Lives Don't Matter is, is, is just awkward as fuck. I think it's a stupid thing to say. But that's not BLM. You know what I mean? BLM is a whole yeah. animal. BLM is totally different. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't associate that with the whole thing there's so many people that don't aren't willing to ex, to explore that and, and, and look at what, that, what does that, you know, what is the difference and what do the two actually mean? Um, right. And, I, and think, I, I think that's where, you know, majority of the military is way ahead of the, the regular uh, population of the United States. Uh, we, we, I would say vast majority of us, we did not see color. We did not see sex. Uh, you know, you, you just, you all were Marines, you know, that's, that's the way we looked at it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, it's just, um, and if you did see it, it just fucking didn't matter, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all just had a fucking job to do. And like, I tell you what, I tell you what mattered was everybody fucking getting their shit done. So that we weren't like unequally tired. You know what I mean? Like we get get fucked with. Yeah. yeah, It's like, dude, like none of us want to be fucked with. So let's all just do this (laughs) together. Like fuck where you came from or who you pray to or who you go to home to bed with. Like no one gives a shit about any of that, man. They just don't want fucked with you know it's like, i just i just want to go the fuck home <laughs> like, i want you to do the same thing and, and it doesn't really matter like you know yeah man it's like and I, I think um i see a lot of people say like oh this is my like black friend or this is my like uh this is my mormon friend or this is my you know christian friend, you know or indian friend or whatever like they put these fucking tags on everything it's like why do you do that dude like yeah why do you why why can't it just be your friend why why do you have to categorize it, it who cares? I, i've said it before man um and I did one with Robinson and, and, you know, or D Charles, you know, like I love all these guys, man. I always have. And I've never thought of them that way. I've never said like, Oh, that's one of my black Marines or that's, you know, this is always one of my yeah. Marines, man. Like, and also like, I mean, Morgan Freeman, I think said it best, dude. He's like, I'll stop calling um, you a white man. Stop calling me a black man. And I honestly think like that's, that's as trivial as that may sound. Um, when we, when we fix our language, as a society, I think we can stop a lot of this stuff because this shit is a hundred percent taught, bro. hundred percent taught. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the fact of like, you know, my little one, she's a year and a half old, you know, she'd go pick up a snake if she wanted, she don't know any better, right. but I could teach her to be afraid of snakes, right. you know, type thing. You know, it, it, it's one of those things that is a hundred percent taught. Yeah. Um, so or, or not taught, you know, or not, or it could also not be taught. It could also be completely ignored, you know? Right. And, and that's just as wrong. You know, there's some realities that people have to have to address, you know? Um, 
and also there's yeah. there's there's clearly different levels of exposure because of where you live in certain parts of the country i mean it's just it, it's a fact yeah, this is like my mother she had the same experience you know she's been in kansas her whole life and then she relocated down to georgia and uh she worked at a Krispy Kreme down there mm-hmm. and there would be certain, she worked with vast majority of people that were black yeah. um, and it was okay, but there'd be white individuals that would come in try to order something and they wouldn't take an order because the person behind the counter was black. It's, I mean, I, still, I don't, I don't get that. Like, yeah. And you know, and my mom was astonished because you know, in Kansas, like you don't, you don't, you don't treat people that way. And that's just, you know, going from the far South to up to Kansas, you know, people, you don't treat people that way. It doesn't matter. You know, you don't treat people that way. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, like they're human beings. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know where a lot of this stuff comes from, dude. It actually, like I, I have a mixed race family, dude. Like some of the stuff, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's, it's, we're not, you know, necessarily like extreme or whatever like it's not black and white where maybe that right now that would be worse or whatever i don't i'm not going to try to put some thing on it but i'm definitely i mean i'm not gonna lie if i you know i would definitely be concerned about some of the stuff because it's it's so prevalent right now you know um yeah and you gotta think like your kids is it gonna get better is it gonna be better for your kids right i mean yeah man it's wild times man It's, it's really sad now we can talk about police you know this that and the other and and you know um Obviously, there's cops out there, unfortunately, making a lot of terrible decisions. I mean, some of these shootings have been obviously justified. Some of them are, even though justified, are slightly questionable. I mean, so there's clearly issues, right? Like, you can't, if anyone tries to say there's nothing wrong, come on, man. Like, don't be naive. Yeah, there, there's an issue. I mean, and the thing is, is I, I would take an opposite approach as far as, you know, defunding the police. I'd say you'd fund them more to get make sure they get better training. Definitely tried to make that point. Um, and I think a lot of people get that. Like, I think a lot of people understand that, you know, like there's not fucking people running around Chicago necessarily saying defund the police, man. They're yeah. not. They've got, they got fucking upwards of 50 people getting shot in Chicago every fucking weekend. They need more cops, man. And they know they need more cops. They've always needed more cops. They've been chronically underfunded. You know, um, I don't think that's the answer, bro. I think a lot of people understand that. I, th- I think it's just one of these um, shock factor ideas that catches fucking steam on, social media as good as social media is man it's 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 fuck boy it brings a lot of baggage um, it, it's rough because it, it's it's dictating people's opinions the, uh, algor- the algorithms can totally control the shit you see yeah i mean it beams that shit right in your face you know and then yeah. you, wind up, you wind up with people that have the best of intentions and they i think they just wind up um just a little skewed you know where yeah. all you're looking at is um these horrible extreme videos of like um, how people are being poorly treated. You're going to think that's everywhere. You're going to think that exists everywhere. And, uh, and it's just, it's just, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> like it really doesn't. It's just that now um, with like civil journalism and stuff, like people can beam it right into your face, you know, and it just amplifies the reality of it. To suggest exactly. that this kind of stuff wasn't going on before is, is inaccurate. It's just, we can see it now, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, like with my wife, uh, her degree is in journalism. Uh, and so when she sees like the stuff come across, whether it be social media or the news, you know, you, you see a slight spin on things and in journalism, you're, you're, you're not taught that, you know, and that's, yeah, you're not supposed to be taught that. I mean, yeah, you're, you're not, I don't know if, I mean, she can grab her if you want, but I'd like to know like, what did they tell her? You know, 
Um, because like, so there's Lara Logan, you know who Lara Logan is? So, no, not right off. A lot of people may not like her because she works for Fox, but she's South African and, uh, she was actually like brutally raped in Egypt. Like her story is incredible, but she is like one of the, um, so obviously she works for Fox was pretty outspoken as being like a conservative or, or right-sided media outlet, like to counter the, the left side. Um, I think that's a natural state of where we're at, but she is one of the few people that I see hard, like, like really pushing like true journalism and being unbiased. Right. And I think, um, I think Fox, CNN and all these other places, like, I don't think they do that shit anymore. I, I mean, there's no, um, I've looked, man, I've tried, I've tried to find, um, anyone that seems to come off as like as unbiased as they can. And I think a lot of people, what's his name? Cronkite. A lot of people reference yeah. him sort of being the last of that generation where he just told you what happened and left you to decide. Now you're yeah. told, now you're told like by both sides, you know, you're, you're absolutely told this is, this is it. Like, you know, exactly. Yeah. I, I associate that with money, bro. I associate all that with money. It's become a clickbait world. You know, like the more eyeballs that see this fucking outrageous shit, the more people are going to, you know, cause there's always like advertising and shit like attached to it. I mean, if, I mean, fuck dude, your, your phone's listening to you right now. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. We'll be talking about this and I'll scroll through the Facebook feed and something will pop up. Oh, I mean, you know, that's related to it. Yeah, fuck around and say you want something, dude. Facebook's going to find that shit for you. Uncle Zuck has got your back, bro. He has got your back. <laughs> and as awesome as that is, it's fucking insane, dude. If you, I mean, it really is oh, yeah. it's weird. Um, but that's how, that's how this works, and that's why people get so spun up over this stuff, you know? But at the end of the day, it's the, exactly. almighty, it's the almighty dollar, bro. 100%. It's the almighty dollar. It's, 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 that. it's like watching your favorite football team. If, if you like conservative news, turn on Fox News. If you like liberal news, turn on CNN. Yeah. You know, it, which sports team do you like? And it's really hard to find someone that's out there that's on TV that, hey, make it what it is. This is what we saw. Or this is why it's reported. Yeah, it's like it's all commentary now. It's not. Um, it's not news anymore. Um, yeah. And I don't know, man. Hopefully, um, I'll hopefully post. I don't, it'll not. I don't think that'll change during the Trump era, whether he gets another four or not. Um, it'll be a while before I think. I think eventually, you know, I think they'll have to wake up and get back to that. Um, but it'll be a while before that changes. It just. It just will. You know, we're so yeah. fucking, we're so polarized right now. I mean, it's like we're like our country's going to go through like a. Like we're high as fuck as a country right now. You know what I mean? Like I would assume oh, yeah. that we are fucking rolling hard. And like we're gonna have, <laughs> we're gonna have to detox. You know, I think I think we as a country we have to detox. Well, you know, and the sad part is, is I, I I said it to my wife and I wouldn't wish it upon the country again, but you just about need another nine eleven to unite people. Dude, we've mentioned that a couple times, man. I would never want a nine eleven. I want a nine twelve. No. You know, everybody wants a nine twelve. It's just yeah. it's really sad to say like what 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 would it take to get that back? You know? Um, yeah. It, you know, it, it kind of, it, it brings me back to when I was, you know, a little boot and boot camp, you know, just, uh, our drill instructor said, you know, when after nine 11 happened, you saw more American flags flown out in everybody's yard. And, you know, and at that time it was 2010. He's like, now you just don't see it. That was back in 2010. Yeah. I mean, a short period of time, people just lost their patriotism. But, you know, at that time, everybody, everybody was united and had a common enemy, Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I get it, man. I think the same thing happened after World War II with Pearl Harbor or not after World War II during it. You know, that was that was like one of the most fucking 
American times, maybe ever, you know, uh, and then oh, yeah. 9-11, I think definitely was another time. It's like, yeah, uh, again, I would hate, I would never want to see, um, an attack like that ever again. But I mean, you got to appreciate nine twelve, man. You really, you really do. You gotta, you gotta think like, man, what, how united absolutely everyone was, you know? Um, oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's fuck. It's crazy how in such a short period of time, like, you know, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to, um, I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like I struggle with some of this stuff. I, I don't know, maybe probably more than I should. You know me, man. I got a big heart, dude. I just care about a lot of stuff and, you got a big heart, but you take a lot of pride into it because I, I think as, as you as a veteran and even me as a veteran, you're going to, you're going to pay attention to politics because it, it affects you directly. And then now as a parent and, you know, and having me as a new parent and having kids, it's like, what, what foundation are we laying out for our kids? You know, you just, it, it, I think it actually means something when you get worked up about it you know yeah, yeah i mean i definitely um i try to view everything as best i can like through through being you know as a veteran and then i try to um sort of offer that approach i guess because that's you know that's my lens you know i think it was such a huge part of my life and uh yeah you're right though man i i worry about um as marines like we were always like leave it better than you found it you know what i mean like tell right. where and it's like <laughs> it's like can i do that for my kids that's a question that I ask, you know, and you got a little one, right? So it's like, I mean, yeah. can, can, can we do that? You know? Yeah. And after, you know, after having my little one, I view things totally different uh, compared to just being married. Game so much easier just being married. And now it's like, you know, may tear up a little bit here and there or something, you know, it's, it's just like tonight before getting on, you know, she's only a year and six months. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, all right, let's go to bed. She grabs her blankie, grabs her pacifier, and just starts walking to the crib. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like you view things totally different. Yeah, man. It's like, uh, yeah, it's just like um, these little steps your kids are walking in, man. And you just like, you cherish those moments. And then you wonder like, uh, you know, how much bigger are those steps going to be? And where are they going to go? You know, what's going to be on the other end? And how can I make it, you know? Yeah. And that's how, come, you know, we, you know, come full circle. I don't fault my dad at all for telling me not to stick around the farm. Yeah. He's obviously protecting me from something just the way I want to protect, you know, my little one. Yeah. So that's, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's man, dude. Yeah. Having, having kids, dude. And I remember like, um, the way I was with my Marines before kids. And then when I had kids, um, I remember I became a lot closer to my guys. I was, I, believe it or not, I was a little more, I was a lot more affectionate. This was like Iraq time at the schoolhouse, a little different environment, but I definitely, um, um, definitely had attachment to my guys, um, and just wanted to see them be as successful as I would want for my own kids or like, yeah. like brothers or sisters, you know? Um, but yeah, it changed everything for me, man. It just made me, I honestly, I think it humanized me if, I mean, if I could say that, like, for a while, I just felt like I was just this fucking jarhead, like on a cruise in the world and do whatever. And that's, where, that's where you gain the respect of your Marines, though, yeah. is if they see some sort of like vulnerability or not even that, just showing like, yeah, you know, you, you care, showing that you care and you're not you're not a robot. And I think that's where like you, Hugo, Horn, like all you guys, you made such a big impact was because you did show that a little bit softer side, you know? Yeah, man. I just, uh, um, I think, wrong with it. 
I still, yeah, you're right. I mean, but I, I, I think I, I really um, embraced it when my babies came, you know, I think they, they helped me embrace that more. Um, yeah, man, it just uh, brings out a bit more of a compassionate side of you. And um, you start to just look at people um, in that way, you know, especially like when you're in a leadership position. Yeah, man, I just always wanted, um, wanted success for everybody, you know, like, I mean, obviously there were some problem children. You're like, yeah, buddy. I like, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not exactly sure like how this is going to work out for you, but let's, let's at least just try to get through this, you know, without, right. like, without blowing anything up, you know, like, but uh, the other time you're like, man, let's get, you know, it's just like, you just wish the best for people because you know, they could be so successful and, you know, and it's, and, and now, um, I uh, exclusively invest that energy into my kids and, and, I, and I'm just so thankful to like catch up with people like you, like on these shows and hear about your little one. Like we've spent time together, you know, we spent a lot of time together and like to see you as a younger guy, see you progress and like build this life for your family. And now, now to being a father, like, I love that, man. You know, it's, oh yeah, I, I met you when you were just trying to figure it out, you know, like just a young yeah. guy just joining the Marines, like just trying to fit, you know, trying to navigate all that. Right. It's, it's just wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So uh, HVAC business, I'm sure is good though, or what? Like you I mean, Oh yeah. It never stops. It never stops. I mean, you, you have your little dips. I mean, you got, you got fall and you got spring, but, yeah. uh, even then they, they always tend to keep us busy and there ain't nothing wrong with that. And I mean, I often thought maybe going into business for myself at one time, but, uh, I think I enjoy the fact of like when I go home, like my phone doesn't ring, I'm done. Yeah. Like let the paperwork and someone do payroll, but not me. Like yeah, totally get it. Yeah. There's, um, is that, you know, there's a, uh, especially after like living a lifestyle of constantly being on fucking recall and all that shit, like you were there's yeah. a certain amount of, um, there's a safety net there. Like that. You just, you just don't want to, you know, you, you learn to, you, man, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as the older I get, the less patience I have with it. I mean, before it'd probably be like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll work this extra call or I'll do this. I'll do that. And it's like, Nope, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going home. We'll, we'll hit it hard again tomorrow. I just you know? home. When you're home, you just fucking want to be home. Like, right. You don't want exactly. to have a couple more hours of like business to deal with. I mean, obviously like when you're in business for yourself, there's a lot of money to be made, but it's not like, it's not like you just fucking, you know, it's not, it's, it comes with a shitload of work too. Like, you know, right. I mean, you're not going to be in business very long if you say no to a customer. Or you don't take calls after eight o'clock in the HVAC industry. Like, you're not going to be in business for long because you're going to be considered unreliable. Yeah, the guy who the guy who replaced my motor came to my house at like seven at night. You know what I mean? Because exactly. Reputation is reputation for them for you guys is everything. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, you know, I thought he was kind of being flaky, but it's it's like you can't always get the part, you can't always get the motor because it's not exactly universal. Like it's, it's crazy, man. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing is, is, uh, each brand puts their own little twists on things. And I mean, they do make universal motors out there, uh, for, for HVAC systems. It's just the fact that it, it's not going to be reliable. Yes, it's not you know, it, I specifically, it, you, like I said, no, I'll deal with the heat for you to go find the actual motor that belongs to this thing. Because otherwise I was just going to call him back, you know, fucking who knows when. Right. And he was like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, we, you know, and on those service vans and stuff or trucks, whatever that individual may have, you don't carry every part under the sun. I don't think you could. Uh, No, you you can't. I mean, you could carry capacitors and that's about it. I mean, that's probably, 
I'd say 80% of your failures out there are those capacitors. Um, and really what kills those is heat. That's what's crazy. They use, you may go up to like a really old, old system, like built in the eighties and it has a capacitor on it. That thing will still be ticking just fine. Um, but end up EPA got involved and they've stuck some sort of different type of oil in it because the original oil was harmful toward the environment. Um, so they stuck some different type of oil in there that's not as reliable. Yeah. Because uh, really, the, in essence, that capacitor, all it really is is wax paper and oil. It's crazy to think about, but that's really? all that's inside of it. <laughs> that's crazy. And it's, you know, the thing is, it's like a fucking $10 par, bro. It's like, you know, at least mine was. Like, um, yeah, uh, yeah, man. Uh, dude, again, it's just like fucking, you, you just don't appreciate shit until it just doesn't fucking work. Like, right. Dude, like, right. Fuck, it's hot. Like, fuck, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one thing I took, you know, from HVAC is you 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 have to know electrical and you have to know uh, uh, plumbing yeah. as well. So you're kind of like a bastard child of those two trades put into one. Yeah. So it's like with my house, it's an older home. It's currently under construction, which my wife doesn't like too much. But uh, <laughs> uh, I've I've had to rerun electrical in it and redo some plumbing and do all that stuff to where we don't have to get a contractor to do it. But yeah, I mean, again, that, there's a ton of value there, man. Cause you'd be spending fucking thousands and thousands of dollars to get other people to come and do that shit for you, you know? Right. Uh, because like, uh, you know, like you said, your, your part was a $10 part, you know, and, uh, I, I I'm not going to name the company, but I worked for a company that was very, very salesy. Um, and, they didn't call it a capacitor. They called it something else. So people could not look it up online mm. to see how much the part would actually cost. Mm. Um, uh, but, uh, before I left, it was like right at $385 to change that part out. Jeez, dude. And on top of whatever your service fee was. So that, that's really where I, I made that transition to the union because the union, it was more of you're working at hospitals and yeah. some of these bigger equipments and, the company does not want you to sell stuff because it will ruin their reputation. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it, you know, it, it's the way business works, man. It's just, it's unfortunate. It is what it is. I mean, you could talk about mechanics and, and all these, you know, um, they charge for a certain amount of hours, but really the mechanics are so good. They can do it. And yeah, last time I get it. Like, you know, that's, that's the nature of the business, but yeah, it's like, fuck dude. Like, and the thing is like, people know they're going to get it or companies know they'll get it because no one wants to be uncomfortable, man. You know what I mean? I mean oh yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things like, you know, I, I did learn quite a bit about like air quality inside of these homes and stuff and all these newer homes, they're built tight. Yeah. Like as in the house doesn't breathe, everything's insulated, everything's sealed off. Um, so whenever you start doing that and you don't open your windows because now, nowadays people have air conditioning and people don't open their windows to let the house breathe. Uh, now with this COVID-19 taking place, it makes you wonder what kind of illnesses and that people are going to get from just being in their homes for so often, you know, I agree. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Legionnaires disease that, that started in a HVAC system. Um, So uh, it's one of those things. It's, it's an airborne virus and now you got everybody cooped up in their homes and not opening their windows and then they're not letting the house breathe. You're going to start seeing a lot more people get sick and they're going to confuse it with COVID. Um, yeah, so they were saying that um, some of the some of the rapid spreads that people have seen was actually large in part because of um, families, you know, sort of, you know, it's it's literally in this world impossible for people to just stay completely shuttered in. 
Um, unless you're like in fucking China or something where they were just locking motherfuckers up. But, like, here, <laughs> you know, at least that's what the videos look like here. Like yeah. people are going to go out. You have to, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't live on, we don't live on these. Um, generally speaking, um, we don't live on these long supply chains, like in our homes, like we every roughly every three days, if you actually thought about what you do, you got to go get something. Um, so, but then they would come, they would maybe get exposed and come home and then spread it rapidly to their whole family because they're just cooped up, you know? So there's bef- yeah. definitely been some, uh, some interesting kind of insights onto like, what, what have we done to the, you know, quarantine is for like sick people, you know, that's, that's right. the mass majority of people right now are healthy. So, I mean, it's, it's really this weird sort of dichotomy. Like, so this is back yeah. thing. Like, you know, um, healthy people shouldn't be wearing masks. I understand kind of where the uh, thought process is, but uh, you know, healthy people shouldn't be quarantined. Um, at risk people should be sick. People should be, you know, like, yeah. And then, I mean, it's like at my work, I had a little COVID scare because I came in contact with somebody that did test positive for COVID. Yeah. Uh, and it was weird because all of a sudden my daughter started getting sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like, couple of days and I'm like, well, maybe I'm a super carrier, you know, and I'm starting to worry and, yeah. you know, and that's all you see. You just get that exposure on the media and stuff. And so I go ahead and go get tested non-symptomatic and they shove that thing up my nose yeah. and the test results come back in a couple of days and they said, Oh, you're negative. Well, by the time I got the test results, I came down with sinus infection yeah. and it, it's like, well, if I probably didn't go in to go get tested, I probably wouldn't have this sinus infection snotting around. So then all of a sudden people are scared to be around me, yeah. you know, at work. And it's like, I'm negative. I promise. And they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to be around you. You're sick. Like, yeah, it's like the new, the new age leper and shit, you know, like, like, dude. And the thing is, like, I think um, a lot of people probably got this shit or got sick, like hardcore sick before it was even a fucking thing. I legit, I wholeheartedly believe that. I think, um, if you trace it back, like, I mean, it's, there's way too many people. Um, maybe there's some media bias or like, uh, people, you know, people just being ex- overly exposed to this that are saying like, yeah, I was sick, but like, I can legitimately say like a lot of people in my family in February were sick as fuck, like sickest I, I've ever seen them. Um, we, we had a bug that came through here in March. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it's crazy because like, you know, my daughter, we just about thought of taking her to hospital cause she yeah. had a fever. Right. Uh, and it was just crazy because we we're trying to celebrate her first birthday. Yeah. She didn't feel well. That little kid loves ice cream. She didn't want to eat ice cream. You know, it's just like, like there was like so there so it's it's happened way too much with people where they're like these circumstances of like these little awkward things where you're like no fucking way. You know, like eh, but you're like man, like you you know you're hard down if you won't eat just some fucking ice cream. You know, like yeah. <laughs> obviously this is a little different you know but it's i'm just saying it's like with when you when you really run the roster of the people that you're closest to and you really start talking to people like it's it's too much for it to be like um a coincidence or just being overly fed some of the shit so like you know i believe covid19 is like a fucking real thing obviously like we've lost a lot of people i mean clearly there's been other factors but and my brother-in-law got it. Like he tested positive for it. He was hard down for a couple of days. Like it was, it was not good. You know, it was a tough thing to get through, but it's not, any, it's not in my opinion, any different than any of the other weird shit we're always exposed to that we've clearly, well, about, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I had a conversation with my wife today, you know, she's like, I'm wondering when this is going to end. November. You know? And I was like, I don't think it's going to end until the media ends it. I, I said, yeah. COVID-19 is here to stay, bro. Yeah. I think everybody, oh, yeah. 
everybody needs to get comfortable with that. But November 4th or thereabouts, I think we're probably going to stop talking about it. I'm just saying it's either way too. I don't think it matters um, who is elected. I think on November 4th, it just becomes, it, it just isn't going to be nearly as big an issue, you know? Right. Because they're going to be looking at other things. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I mean, well, either way. You, I, and, and I want to make it clear that it's either way. I don't think that matters what party becomes and uh, if it's Biden or Trump or whoever, um, they're just, they're going to be forced to look at a, a changing future. So COVID-19, I think disappears. Uh, I think yeah. I need to get comfortable with that. I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. I mean, you know, and, and the fact of the matter is it's, that's fucking sad, you know, because all the shit that people have been through is like for what, you know? Um, yeah. I fuck dude. It's, you know, this, you know, funny part is dude, my wife and I were target. Like now they're starting to offer flu shots and you're kind of like, Ooh, like, <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what what do I what do I do here? Like, do I get the flu? Do I get the flu shot? Because like, I've gotten dude every year we got the flu shot in the Marines. Like, how many times did you get sick after that? Like, I got sick a lot after that. You know, I mean, yeah. like full on flu, but I didn't fucking. You don't feel good after you get that shot or the spray or whatever. So well, and especially with what's going on now, because if you come down, and you're sick. Guess what? You may be out of work. If if or like <laughs> somebody like me, where I have to work out in the public, I can't go to work. I don't get paid. Yeah, man. Like, no, I mean. Uh, it, it, I don't think it'd be worth it at that point. You're rolling the dice, bro. Like you're everyone, everyone has is, is, is faced with these fucking ridiculous decisions. And now there's just such a massive stigma around it all, you know? So it's like, it's like, fuck dude. Like, yeah, like I said, it's like kind of that fucking new age leper in a way. Like, Oh yeah. They're, they're treating COVID-19 like as harsh as, as it is to say herpes over, over yeah. this right now. I mean, that's the way they're treating it. So. I think I think, well, the AIDS epidemic and all that stuff I think was treated largely the same. Like there was a weird fear of all these people with AIDS when really it was like pretty, actually pretty um, easy to stop the spread of it, you know, like from people to people and it just gets awkward, man. You know, when, when something happens that you don't necessarily understand or it's like this new thing, uh, people freak the fuck out, dude. And then yeah. they also, they also have clearly been like totally naive to like all the other shit that people fucking die of. Like, dude, I was even, it was sort of fascinating when I started to see like some of the numbers on the flu, how many fucking people like die from just a regular ass flu. And we got a vaccine. Oh, yeah. We got a vaccine for that shit. Like it's you're like, Holy shit, dude. I didn't know that. Like <laughs> I have no idea. Like how bad that actually is. You know, obviously there's all these underlying other issues, you know, and, 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 it's weird because like if you so and I, and I hate to say it because a lot of people have been affected by cancer, but oftentimes like folks don't actually die of the cancer. They get sick in the meantime and their body yeah. can't fight it. Right. Because they're so weak. So it's not actually, it's not necessarily they had cancer. It's not actually necessarily cancer that killed them. It's like pneumonia. Exactly. You're like, Holy shit, dude. I didn't really know that pneumonia was that fucking lethal, you know, but yeah, it's like, it, yeah, if you're compromised, you're fucked. Yeah. And that, that's one of those uh, things like growing up on the farm again, I, I came down with dust pneumonia because I cleaned out so many grain bins uh, and I was wearing, I was wearing a respirator and sure as shit go to boot camp. I come down with pneumonia. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, they say like, once you get that pneumonia or like that respiratory, you're more prone to get respiratory issues. And I think it's like, I'm going to have get sinus infection so often now. Yeah. I used to get, used to get uh, as a kid a lot. And I remember, I remember I got the crud in Paris Island. It's probably the sickest I've ever been. It was so bad. It was so fucking bad, dude. Like you're just, you're plopped in this area with all these fucking people from like all over, you know, Paris Island's east of Mississippi or whatever, but that's a big, that's a lot of people in, in a fairly large area. And all of a sudden you're just there. Like you're, you're just fucking, yeah, you get fucking sick. Even the, the drill instructors, every cycle would get sick every fucking yep. time. Because you got people from all, all different states. Yeah. 
even they could escape that shit. You know, it's like, fuck, dude. I, just I wonder. Like, how, go ahead. I wonder how they're dealing with that right now. I've seen. I've just seen a lot of them masked up and stuff, but um, I'm sure there's some kind of you know receiving has probably been is it's probably the most changed. And I know they didn't take a few re- like recruits for a while, but I would imagine receiving is fucking out of this world right now. I bet it's just the stupidest shit ever. <laughs> and you see them like marching around. Like I've seen some, you know, I follow a lot of Marine stuff. Like they're wearing masks and stuff. I mean, and I think, I don't know how much optics that is or, or whatever. I'm not sure about the efficacy of, you know, how much do these masks really in in tight ass quarters like that, like in a, in a squad bay, they're yeah. probably, it probably has a, a fairly sizable impact. Um, but like walking on the fucking beach with a mask in your face, it just doesn't make sense, you know? No. So I don't know, man. I mean, they're getting through it. Obviously they're going to adapt. They're going to get that fucking training out of that ass. You know, they're going to, <laughs> you, know I mean? like, they, they, you, you got it, man. Like, what do you just fucking stop? Because the kid's got a cough. Like, no, dude, don't stop for anybody. Just yeah, keep going. Yeah, dude. Like you just can't. So yeah, it's interesting. It's, um, I'd like to reach out. You know, I don't have any, I don't think any of my buddies are like on the drill field right now. Um, you remember Paxton, he'll probably, I think he, he's talking about maybe going back. So maybe we'll get some insight there. Um, As I say, are you going to get him on here? I'd love to, man. I've, 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 I've reached out to a lot of people, man. I mean, it's, this isn't for everybody, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he wasn't against it, you know, but also guys on active duty are a little skittish right now. I mean, it's just kind of a, um, it's hard, man. You know, people, people got to watch out like who they, you know, who you associate yourself with and what kind of things you're talking about. And, exactly. Yeah. Can't, can't fault anybody for that. Um, so. and I don't ever, I don't ever, um, I don't ever get upset with anyone. This isn't for everybody. Some people just don't care to tell their stories or talk or put their opinions out there and, and I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I hope he comes. I mean, I love the kid, man. I always have, I have a deep admiration for him and, um, and yeah, he's just like, yeah, fuck it, man. I love the drill field. I want to go back. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Wow. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. you don't hear many guys say that shit. Like, um, well, you know, if people knew his background and where he came from, exactly. you just wouldn't expect that. Well, that's the, I think that's what I admire the most because it's like, you know, you've subjected yourself to all the shit that frankly, you just, you, you really didn't have to do. Not even, right. not even kind of, and I don't think anybody has to do what we, what we did. Um, but some, uh, some maybe a little more than other, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, obviously like, yeah, man, you, you, you probably had some other options there. You know? <laughs> but, but maybe, you, maybe a little more options than most, but yeah, you, you wind up, you, you know, you, you have a deep admiration for a guy like that. Cause he's like, yeah, fuck all that. I just, I want to do what I want to do. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I've, I've talked to him before about it and I, I just kind of picked up on the thing of like somebody created such a big shadow yeah. that you got to make your own, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, I love the guy to death, man. I hope you. I hope we've shared some time. We didn't always see eye to eye on everything, but we've shared a lot of time and um, always, you know, talk leadership and stuff. So I'd love to have him back. And I, you know, like I said, I admire the shit out of him, man. Um, yeah, man. It's just you know, look again, again. It's just not for everybody. I'm I'm thankful that you jump on, dude. Like I should have asked you sooner, to be honest, because like I mean. I didn't realize you were keeping up on everything. I figured people just kind of dabble in and dabble out. And <laughs> hey, I, want, I tell you what, what do you think I'm doing in between my calls? I mean, there's only so much the radio can do. And yeah. if I hear, if I hear like, you know, you on there, it's like, and most of it, you know, it's, it's all good shit. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, for me, it's like, it's sometimes it's still a little weird to hear like, um, you know, that, you know, I love it when people like, um, you wonder like what you're doing, right? And every now and then I get like a message from someone like, dude, that one kind of hit home or whatever. And yeah, you know, I don't get them often and I don't feel like I need to get them often, but every now and again, it's just like, fuck man. I, I just, there's people out there that, you know, can maybe get something from this. So I'll, I'm going to keep doing it, you know? 
Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I just love it, dude. And I love, I love really for me, it's the connection, man. Just um, being able to talk to guys and like this, man. I, like I said, we spent so much time together, like just knowing that you're good, you're healthy, you're happy. You know, like you've seen some of these, uh, you've seen some of your ambitions to fruition, you know, things that, you know, it's like, it's like not everyone can become what they say they want to become. But like you and I have had conversation, like you're, you're literally doing everything you said you thought you were going to do. Right. And I, I mean, there was a hopscotch there in the middle where I thought, you know, my wife would divorce me uh, yeah. for me wanting to change because I did go to flight school for a little bit. Right. I totally, I did HVAC for two years and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to K-State and become a pilot. Yeah. I did one semester of it and I absolutely fucking hated it. You know, you're thinking flying a plane's going to be cool because I tried find it or trying doing the whole thing like what uh, Donald Dowd did. Yeah. Um, right. And it, it's not for everybody to fly a plane. Yes. Uh, not at all. Um, and I absolutely hated it. And I was like, well, this four year degree is not for me. So then I was like, I'm going back to an HVAC. So, it, and we moved across the state of Kansas for that. Wow. Uh, bought a house, sold a house within one year. Fuck. And then bought another one. I mean, I uh, definitely got well acquainted with the GI Bill and the yeah. and the VA home loan and stuff and how to use it. Yeah. Um, but she stuck through it with, you know, with me through all of it. So it was like one of those things like she supported me uh, through it all. So, you know, kudos to her. I mean. Yeah. For, man, I mean, dude, that's one thing. Um, one thing I could definitely say I wish I was better at was like um, trying to be more vocal about um, how important my wife is and has been and still remains in all the fucking shenanigans that I, I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, man, it's just like, uh, dude, uh, yeah. To think about, you know, when you were on deployment and stuff and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. Just, you know, just in general, man, it's just like, I mean, um, a lot of, you know, it's, we live in a world or, or, or we were there for a while. It was super popular to like thank the service member. Uh, hey, thank for your service. You know, it's like, dude, but my wife got wore the fuck out through all of that, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. And people people recognize the spouse, but I don't think they um, fully appreciate like how hard that is. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, but it, it doesn't go away when you get out. It's not like it just stops, you know, like. Um, no. Like Matthew Supis is a Marine until the day he fucking dies. Like there's a lot of shit that comes with that. You know what I'm saying? And like we do a lot of Marine shit like all the time. You always will that's hard for people to deal with, dude. Like <laughs> it just, it, 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 and I know, it, uh, I still put my wife through a lot of that shit, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, fuck dude. Like, yeah, man, I wish, um, uh, I would have been, that's one thing I, I definitely wish I was better at. I wish I was a little more vocal in um, trying to be more inclusive to my wife and thankful to my wife for everything she did. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up, man. Cause I'm <laughs> you know, the, the shit you've done for, you know, asked your wife to do and, and follow you for, it's like, you got to um, the thing is is it's not like i think of that on my own i get reminded about <laughs> whenever it comes up an argument <laughs> that's, fair. So, that's fair too like hey i fucking did this for you like you just shut up and take exactly it. yeah and you're like ah, that's a fair point yep that's a fair point <laughs> back and uh and, and give you that one you know yeah i, I get it man yeah, it's, that's like you, you probably see her going back and forth in the window here. She's packing tonight because we're going to Lake of the Ozarks this weekend. So she's getting all that stuff rounded up, and it's like she, you know, she does that stuff, and it's like Lake of the like you're going into Missouri. Yeah, nice. How so? I didn't ask exactly where you're at, you're at in Kansas. Like where are you at? In, um, I'm actually like 45 minutes southwest of Kansas City. So Lake of the Ozarks would be like two hours away. 
Yeah, yeah, I, re- I remember that. So, um, where where the fuck we were in Kansas City, Missouri, um, when my buddy Curtis passed. I don't I don't know that you were on that trip or not, but um, I remember driving down to Fort Leonard Wood from the Missouri side. But mm. um, Kansas, I mean, I don't. A lot of people probably don't even realize that. Like Kansas City is like one of those cities that's like on sort of both sides of the state, right? Yeah, there. Yeah, there's a Kansas City, Kansas, and a Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. Um, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. uh, can't, dude. I've driven through all of Kansas, so it's a beautiful state, man. I mean, it's it's pretty wide open in areas, but like especially when you get cruising into that transition. I remember the transition from Kansas into Colorado was pretty impressive, though. That was uh, yeah. Uh, you definitely got to be because, uh, like, out there by the Hayes area, it's pretty desolate, and that's that's where I'm from is probably the most boring spot. Like there ain't much to see. It's all flat. Yeah. I mean, there ain't much out there, but yeah, once you start seeing the Rockies, it's like th- there's life. Well, I'll just, I'll just tell you what though, man, some of those, uh, some of those really flat and just sort of like not much round boy. I tell you what, like that's America, man. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, people would be surprised when I tell you there, there was a hill out where we, where I grew up at. It'd, it'd be so dark. You do see the stars. Yeah. But we go up on this hill, and you could see a city lights thirty miles away. Unreal, just because it's that flat. Yeah, so. it's like I mean, man, it's just like um, I try to encourage, and I remember Stevens when he got out. I was like, man, he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna try to get out, get home, you know, get to Boise or whatever. I'm like, buddy, like go appreciate the country you just served for a couple. Years. Right, see some of the, just enjoy it, you know. And and I'm thankful um, the times that I've driven like cross country, and and I'm very thankful to see some of these places like. Kansas and that trend, like those transitions, I think the transitions from state to state are the most fun. Like, and I would say yeah. I legitimately have to say that when I came through Kansas and transitioned into Colorado, probably one of the most epic um, yeah. areas I think yeah. I've been through. Just, a be- just beautiful. I mean, and we were fortunate enough to see, like we didn't, we didn't have to deal with like intense, super intense weather, but it was getting, it was obviously going to get pretty rowdy. But man, it's like man, it's beautiful when that kind of stuff goes on, you know. So yeah, oh, yeah. I just uh, I I really enjoyed that actually. So yeah, man, I don't know, dude. Thanks for sharing time with me, man. Like yeah, no, thanks for letting me come on. I do appreciate it. Uh, just didn't want to bore you with all the details or anything. It's how come I keep mainly reserved and I just listen and whatnot. So well, you you've always been that way, man. I just I like having just um. I just enjoy having conversation. Yeah, it's just fun to connect with people and yeah, and try to share some of this with people you know. And um, I just think uh, when we have when you get to have conversations like this, like you realize you're not you're not you know obviously we're friends we share time but we're not as divided I think as people maybe assume you know. Right. I think. Um, I think maybe that's just portrayed by what what people are seeing on the media and whatnot which is obviously very very impactful on people because it's 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 here to stay it's a part of our life but yeah like i just i keep wanting to encourage people like um and i use this term a little loosely like go talk to your neighbor you know and maybe that is a zoom call with an old friend that lives in a different part of the country you know whatever like um or actually go talk to your neighbor but i think you'll find like even if you differ on certain things like you're really not that far apart though you know um, right. I, I think we've gotten so far away from that and we've lost a lot of context. Um, exactly. So it's just really, really, uh, my wife always refers me back. If, if anybody's ever watched the key and peel, there's like a key and peel thing where they text each other and it just totally gets out of control. That's <laughs> most people's daily lives on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like you can't fucking figure that shit out. Like, um, 
if if you like if anyone would think back to like some of these weird conversations they've had just ask yourself like what would this actually be like if we were doing it face to face and it, right. it, I guarantee it won't be like what you're interpreting it on Facebook you know it just won't so, right yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a way you can just receive a text message over the phone and how you, how many times you can interpret it. Uh, and <laughs> I just get to the point where I just call that person. I'm like, what in the fuck do you want? Like, what, what are you trying to get by me? Because I'm getting pissed right now because I automatically go to the negative. And I just, I just have to, exactly. I have to say that I am one of the biggest culprits of this. Like, I will fucking read your text message just completely sideways. Every time. you know what I mean every single time I just will I just I just automatically will it's just I, I guess that's just how unfortunately that's a little bit how I'm built so yeah I mean I just hope um I just hope um people you know I just wish uh I wish and I hope for people to be able to um slow some of that down you know yeah you got kids you know you got people fucking rioting over things without the right information you got people then being shot over these things without the right information you know it's like a lot of people are finding themselves in positions where they shouldn't be because we've taken a lot of things out of con- or we or we lack context or information and and it boils down to like our a lot of our social media interactions man i just i really hope for a lot of people's sake like you know that shit slows down so yeah man this is kind of where i'm at with it all all right, bud. Uh, so it sounds like you got a good weekend plan, right? So you're gonna the Lake of the Ozarks is beautiful, man. I would encourage anybody to get down there. You looking on doing some camping or what? Yeah, well, not really. I wouldn't call it camping. Uh, ends up one of my wife's uh, friends has a her parents have a condo down there, so we're not going to be roughing it or anything. But yeah, but I mean, dude, that so that's really the culture there on that lake. I mean, I've been down there. Old Wally Bunt, man, he had a he had a lake house down there, so I've been down in that area. Like, just good fishing, like and the lake house is just beautiful, man. It's just what a nice little, uh, what a nice little getaway, man. I hope you guys have a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's good to have connections. Cause like, uh, before I met her, like she was part of a brewer's guild and all of her friends all own breweries now in Kansas. And the, it's like, Oh, come down here, you know, come, come to the brewery, come have a beer. And yeah. it's like, now that we have a little one, we really can't do those things, but they offer and this is like the one chance where we can go down there. So yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, yeah. So um, that changes with time. We'll be back to some of that, buddy. I promise. But yeah, just uh, enjoy these years, man, and enjoy the the little uh, the little sort of respites that you get when they come in. And Lake of the Ozarks, dude, you're gonna have an incredible time. I just I know it. So enjoy that, man. And, you know, I will. Take a good rest. Sounds like you're working hard and and you know making a good life for your family, man. So take the Take some glamping whenever you can, you know? <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, so I've been trying to end every uh, every episode with as much positivity as I can, man. So throw throw a little something out there for everybody. Like, what do you, whatever you got. I know I kind of put people on the spot with it sometimes, but, um, you know, if you got a positive message, man, you can, you can put out there. Please do. Man, I, I wish I was a Robbie Horn right now and could just throw something out there. But I often think that, too, because he's very <laughs> – He always has some sort of, like, wisdom that he just shells out. And it's like, where would you hear that from? Like, yeah. I, know, I get it, man. I totally get it. And, like, but it's all, it always – it never seems um, anything but authentic, you know? It's, yeah. Not like it, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's just incredible with that. You're right. Uh, one positive thing is, is uh, I know there's a lot going on in the world, but I don't want people to forget the people that are in front of them, and I hope they appreciate them. Uh, and you know, it, it's it's one of those things. Thank yous, actually saying it like you mean it, and good mornings should have some sort of uh, meaning behind it. 
Yeah, I agree. So, totally agree. I grew up in a place where um, some of those things were just said with nothing behind, you know, with nothing behind it. And <laughs> I said it often, like it was hard for me to adjust sometimes, like to, to say that, to, to, to mean the things that I would say to people and, and look beyond, like, you know, to be prepared for what might come, you know, and I, I totally agree with you, man. Like, yeah, I think those, these little subtle changes, man, and just how, how we interact with each other and behave and the language we use, I think super important. Or, you know, just to say, ask a follow-up question. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that just confirms that you were listening. I mean, yep. so. And, and these days, like in, a, in such a highly connected world, I think we feel like people aren't listening and we need to get, we need to, we need to be, you know. Right. So, yeah, man, I appreciate what you said, dude. That's, I mean, that's pretty solid, dude. I think you gave Robbie a little, little run for his money there, bud. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Uh, yeah. Hug and kiss your wife, man. And, and enjoy your baby and give her a big kiss and have such a great time at Ozarks, dude. And, you know, just enjoy life, bro. Like you, you know, I've seen you work so hard and I think you just, you just earn, you, you've earned everything you got coming, man. I just wish nothing but good stuff for you. And, uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for, uh, feedback and being a fan and, you know, helping me, you know, stay engaged and want to keep doing this. You know, it's guys like you that like make me want to keep doing it. So I appreciate it, man. Exactly. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, buddy. Let's, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get you back on dude. Next time I fucking AC breaks, dude, I'm going to call you up. And <laughs> we got to do another fucking episode. You can do it over this and I can walk you through what you need to do. <laughs> right, dude, I'm not going to lie, bro. I was like, fuck man. Do I, you know, do I reach out to this kid and like, you know, try to try to get some knowledge or what? I mean, luckily, <laughs> I, was, I was still under warranty. So, I mean, I was just like, you know what, dude, I'm just going to, I just got to do that. Um, maybe anytime you're under warranty, take it and run with it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're right, though, man. Next time I'll just be like, dude, I'll just shoot him a text. Like, help me out, please. Like, <laughs> all right, man. It's, uh, uh, yeah. Just, uh, just take care, man. Have a great weekend, dude. And, uh, yeah, man. Thanks for, you know, just thanks for everything, dude. Thanks for all the time we spent and the conversation. Yeah. No, do you have a good one? Okay, bud. All right.